afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thursday. It's March the 11th, 2021. It's another Technical Alpha podcast. Another great show lined up for you today. Welcome in everyone from the land of RP. I hope that your chopping was great and your slapping was even better. Uh, we are going to uh, talk all sorts about video games and movies and television and more importantly, we talk about a very specific thing right off the top of the show. Mr. Black's most important question of the week. How was your week? Oh, just another week, man. Just another week. We're back to that. Back to that? That's good. After That's after good. several weeks before, I think I think you're happy to just say, it's just another week. That's it. Uh, yeah, no, pretty much the same for me. I finished playing enough Valheim to review it. I wrote I wrote and recorded the review yesterday. Uh, and Mark sent me a draft late last night, so I'm going to take a look at that after the show today, uh, and, uh, and then go from there. That'll be the, the first critical hit test run review, and then, uh, I've got to figure out what the hell I'm going to do next. I think Forza Horizon 4 just landed on Steam, and it's getting all sorts of attention. Uh, it's like in the top two or top three a few days in a row now, uh, so a lot of people interested in that, and we'll be probably looking into it again, so I might have to do something along those lines or uh, something else. I don't know. Either way, that was mostly my week. Uh, that's pretty much all it was. Playing Valheim and then reviewing Valheim. Um, pro tip, play it solo. <laughs> if you can, uh, the multiplayer stuff is is okay if you're playing. Like if you and I were playing multiplayer, for example, because we're only like, you know, 30 minutes apart, um, yeah. wouldn't be so bad. But because of how they do... Uh, how they handle like game logic and everything. It's the dedicated server thing does absolutely nothing. So it'll just randomly select. Well, it's not random. There's a there is a method to the madness, but it will select a single player on a server as the one that whose computer will essentially be running the game logic, and then everyone is synced to that person. So if you're running a dedicated server, and then let's say somebody goes out on an adventure, and they're going to go collect wood, and they're way further away from everyone else. And the game is going to select them to do the uh, the syncing and the game logic, so everyone's now technically syncing to them. Their ping to the server, your ping to the server, but also how strong your computer is to do all of that, uh, dramatically affects how everyone else sees the, and and uh, the game. So, like, you could always tell immediately. For example, when I was playing with uh, the Brits, Shady and, and Fox, if the game decided to load it onto their uh, PC at the time. <laughs> I'd go to open the door in my home, and it would be like two full seconds before the door would open. And then you'd go outside, and you'd be getting attacked by a boar, but you couldn't actually see the boar. And then the boar would appear, but then all of a sudden it would grow wings, and it would just start flying off into the fucking, into the sky. Uh, so, it, and, they, and they didn't even have bad ping, it was like 100 ping to the server. So, very sensitive to ping and stuff. So if you're going to play Valheim, it is a great game. Uh, play it solo for now, and if you've got people like close by, like you got some friends in the city or whatever... You're probably good to go there, but otherwise, yeah, I'll have the full review in the not-too-distant future. And now, Mr. Black's time to talk about other video games and other news and other things. Are you ready to go? Uh, my body is ready. All right. First up, uh, Twitter user Tales of Tiny, a variety streamer on Twitch, went viral uh, with a tweet when they posted about finding an interesting option for canceled Twitch subscriptions labeled, I just wanted to get a shout-out. Now, this isn't a new thing, this just, I just, I think this is just a thing that, well, apparently, at least some 40,000 people that interacted with this tweet on, on, on Twitter in terms of liking or re, re, uh, 
uh, retweeting it, didn't know existed. And honestly, I even forgot that they put in sub-refunds. This was like 2017 or some shit, Twitch put in refunds for subs. Um, and then in 2018, they added, like, a survey. You know, like, if you cancel anything, every website's like, why are you canceling? And it's never, it, I don't know if it's anyone else, but they never actually have the reason in the list that you are actually, un, you know, unsub, uh, unsubscribing for. Like, I just don't fucking care about you anymore. It's always like, you well, know. that's why they have other. Yeah, they have other, and then it's write like, it write it in you at the bottom, like, in. just stop, please, God. Um, so, yeah, so that was part of the, the survey at the end of unsubscribing. Uh, and they found this distressing because apparently a bunch of, uh, their, uh, friends who were also streamers were getting an uptick in sub refunds recently. And that's how this came to light for them. And apparently they reminded a whole bunch of people that this feature even existed. So Twitch actually joined in the Twitter conversation to help try and clarify, reminded everyone that this feature has been around for three or four years, and then they also added the survey in, like, 2018 that included that that line item of, I just wanted to get a shout-out. Uh, however, given the reaction to that one specific line in the survey, they have amended the survey as it is and gotten rid of that as an option uh, for people to check uh, when they why are... Would they get rid of the, why would they get rid of that as an option? I have no idea. My assumption is that they, they, they looked at the how my assumption is they they looked at how much this tweet blew up and the negative reaction to that specific line and said okay maybe we could have worded this better or not done it and then just got rid of it um but i i personally don't think it really needed to be getting rid of it's a survey it doesn't affect whether or not they get a refund like i think that was also part of the confusion is that i think when people see that survey um that they think that if they selected a certain option, it will affect whether or not the refund happens. Like, that has pretty much nothing to do with it. It's kind of like Amazon. You know, when you refund something and they ask you why you're sending it back. They just want to They just want to know. They That's all they want to do is they yeah. want to know. And, and listen, there's tons of people that... That is a valid... Don- that donate or sub because they wanted attention. Yeah, exactly. So, that, that's, so what's, it's, what's, the fuck, what's the fucking problem? You don't... They, it seems like what the streamers don't have a problem if somebody subscribes and doesn't ask for a refund if they just wanted some attention. So, you know, if they're being truthful and they're like, hey, I fucked up, I just I wanted attention and this is this, then it's, it's whatever. Dude. Yeah. L- listen, they, these guys, these guys are the ones bringing attention to all this. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, well, the, the more person, you bring it, the so more the- you bring attention to this. The more yeah, the more, the more it it's going to happen. So, well, well, in fair, in fairness, I get in fairness to the person who tweeted this. They have like they have like eight or nine hundred followers, which I don't know how much that that went up when this tweet went out as it did. I don't think that they necessarily thought that this was going to get retweeted out the wazoo and get forty thousand, fifty thousand likes. Like, what are they trying to accomplish from this tweet? Like, what what is this? Is this so, like just another? Well, I don't think they were comp- uh, trying to accomplish anything. I think they were just they were just uh, venting on Twitter, and it just kind of went the way that it sometimes does on uh, on Twitter. So when they when Twitch responded, they responded in turn and said, you know, thank you, I appreciate the clarification, and that was it. And then everything walked away. It's just that unfortunately. It got fucking huge in the process because Twitter and Twitter, we all know Twitter likes one thing, anger. Anytime you can be angry, Twitter is the place to be. You want to, you want to tweet some angry shit? Great. Uh, you know, there, there are, there are wholesome pockets of Twitter, but most of Twitter is just a seething, angry asshole 
that's just waiting for you know to jump on something even if it's you know somebody who has almost no followers that just posted their shit and it just goes the way that it did so just to clarify that's been around for a hot minute it doesn't affect anything uh the way that people probably thought it did um which would have amplified just how the negative reaction to it if people saw that but knew that it was just a survey and didn't affect the refund at all they probably wouldn't have even fucking cared but that was likely the immediate assumption was that it was there for that reason and that people were abusing it as an option to get a refund. So, there you go. It's gone now anyway, for better or worse, yeah, whatever they just it wanna, is. All they were doing is taking a survey to see why why it is an individual stops, stops yeah. subscribing so that yeah. they can make improvements so that people in the future don't want to not subscribe. Yeah. That's and the refund there. was it's... originally there. And, and also clarify, the refund is a really short window. I can't remember what the window of time is, but it's not very long. Um, and it was mostly put in place originally for accidental subscriptions. I don't know how you accidentally subscribe, but that is what Twitch originally implemented it for was for people that didn't mean to, but oops, it happened, and now I have a subscription. So um, either way, there you have it. You got uh, you got your your random Twitch anger for the week, uh, but there was there was something else that kicked up uh, some conversations as well um, mm-hmm. that was also related to Twitch. So this was brought uh, to light by uh, a Twitter user and a cybersecurity student. Uh, the Twitter is his Twitter tag was uh, uh, Tayari. That Twitch had recently they had uncovered that recently Twitch had added a brand safety score. Uh, to their API, which grades how brand-friendly every streamer is based on things like chat behavior, ban history, manual ratings by Twitch staff, games played, age, auto-mod uh, status, and more. So there was a whole list of, um, of variables, that's just a, a, a selection of those variables, that would then, of course, come together to create some number <laughs> that would then, that would then, uh, of course, uh, signal Twitch to lump that stream in with whatever ad categories of ad buys they can sell to to ad buyers. This is also not particularly new. Um, YouTube has done it for ever, a long time now, um, and they've actually they've actually in the last year got even more specific about it and uh you like as we all remember with the the label it not for children thing that that just about fucking destroyed the entire platform because of how they implemented it and then and then they went ahead with um they're really specific with you when you whenever you apply the monetization now you have to go through a survey for every fucking video like it's yep. every time and you have to like go in and say all right there's light cursing or there's heavy cursing or we talk about you know uh, sensitive topics, or there's, there's violence, and then what kind of violence, and everything, like, this is in-depth survey for every fucking video you put on the website. Now, for most content like ours, you just go in and you say, yeah, we said fuck a few times, you just put the fucking thing on, and away you go, um, but that's all there specifically to allow YouTube to, like, package up large swaths of content creators channels and videos in in as granular way a way as possible to to file into specific ad buy categories and they do that because if they can do it accurately it increases the value of that of that packaged group 
to the ad buyer, which means they can charge a higher CPM. And then everyone's happier because you're not getting paid or, or oftentimes, uh, especially if you're with like a, 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 an MCN, you might even still be on rev share. So if yep. that goes up, you're going up with it. Sometimes you might be getting a really specific, like X number of cents per, but in general, that's what it's for. So, uh, this is a, a form of that. Um, unfortunate that somebody dug it up because again, the, for people that don't understand why that would be put there, this is like a giant group of red flags, right? You see this and you're like, oh my God, what is this going to mean? What are they going to do to streamers with this information? Um, and I said on, I said on, I said on Twitter when I talked about this, I said, you know, I mentioned, I was like, this has been around for a long time. This is not the first time it's happened. It won't be the last time. Lots of people do this. Uh, lots of companies do this. The only thing that they could do that would be insidious at all, um, which YouTube also does, but that would be insidious at all would be, all right, so they have your score. So they have that for the purposes of selling to advertisers. But hmm. what more can they do with that information? So let's say that there's an ad buy going on or they have just sold a package and it's for X amount of time and they know they're going to be putting this on X number of channels for that period of time. Well, the only way to further increase revenue in that case is to get more eyeballs on that silo of, uh, uh, of, of package streamers. The more, now that you've sold the ads... Now it's, now we, or we know which, uh, which channels we're putting the ads on. Now the way to drive up even more revenue there is to, or we've determined the CPM rate. Now we get to cram the C part into that. We want as many people in there to see that on those channels. And so the only thing that could be insidious there, if, or what people would consider to be insidious, would be if they took that same score, and then for the periods of time that that ad run was on, Alter the discoverability metrics for those channels to get more people's eyes on those for that ad run. And then when the ad run is over and it's a different ad run that might be covering a different demographic that they want, they can change the discoverability metrics again. Uh, because these ad runs aren't, or these ad sales aren't always for, you know, just five people with 50,000 people watching them. They package streamers or partners uh, and just, other, and even non-partners in in you know, on, in mass, it's like a whole as as many people as they can get. So that's about the, all they could do. It's not really anything that's like particularly evil. It's not new, uh, but of course, people saw it a little bit as such. Important to note: yesterday, it's already gone from the API. So it's possible that this was being a test, like test run, to see what was going on. And then, of course, as soon as this this guy found it. And it went viral on Twitter. Now it's getting taken down. It's going to come back in some form. It's just that I think Twitch was like looking at that going, I don't want to fucking deal with this shit right now. Fuck it. Take it on. Take it off. Uh, or at least hide it better uh, than I gotta, they did. I, you know, sometimes I feel bad for Twitch because sometimes they just got to explain themselves to people that just don't understand how the yeah. world works. It's funny because you know, it's like, it's, like it's funny because the stuff that Twitch, I mean, I think part of it is this. The, Twitch does... Um, have a bit of a problem with, if you want to call it anything, transparency. So, like, for a lot of things that probably should be more transparent, Twitch tends to hold close to their chest. Um, they really do and have for years, and I've only more recently been trying to open up a bit more, hold held information close to the chest. Because information is power. So you, you hold on to that shit as close as you can. The problem is... Internet's gotten to the point now where you can't fucking hide shit all that easy. And then as soon as somebody finds it and knows that you're hiding it, 
the first assumption is if you're hiding it, it's bad. It's bad. You're up to something. You're up to something. And then you add to that that Twitch has legitimately fucked up several times in the last couple of years, and it amplifies that people just automatically assume for sure that Twitch is doing something real fucking sketchy. So they've got a bit of a catch-22 now where they have, they have sincerely fucked up, and then there are a bunch of these innocuous cases now where they're just businesses as business is with no real evil downside to it. And they have to explain themselves, or they have to hide it, or take it away, or do some other shit to it. So, it's a bit of them digging their own grave, and it's a bit of the internet just being the fucking internet. And a lot of people that just don't understand how that side of the business works, uh, or understand it enough, it just gets fucking crazy, right? So, mm. uh, but there you go. So that's it. It's already gone. It'll come back. Um, get used to it. Uh, and just be happy that you don't have to do a fucking survey every time you go live. <laughs> to let them know what the content of your stream is going to be. Uh, so, uh, you know, if it's all automated, at least you're not doing it like you have to do on YouTube. Uh, speaking of YouTube, YouTube is now requiring... This is actually this is actually in the reverse, so Twitch is already do- doing this and it shit and has done for years. It's just YouTube is now the one doing it as well. So YouTube is requiring uh, tax form filing for all foreign creators in regards to Google ads, whether you're under an MCN or not. So this means for countries that aren't, say, uh, in Canada, and I think also the UK has this, we have treaties with the US for tax withholdings of exactly goose egg. Zero percent. So um, if, if, for example, with Twitch, when you're doing your tax filings on a yearly basis and you put in your tax number for them, and uh, then on their end, it will just, it'll pull up the treaty and be like, oh, congratulations, we don't have to withhold any tax from your, own, your earnings. They send you the money and away you go. YouTube is now doing this, but what that means is up until this point, lots and lots of creators from all over the world haven't had to deal with that shit. And not every country in the world has a particularly favorable tax treaty with the U.S., and of course, YouTube is a U.S. company, and so this is just how how it goes. And the the U.S. Com- U.S. companies in general are quite a, uh, and, and the IRS are quite egregious with wanting to pull tax from people that don't even live in the country. <laughs> so um, a lot of people were obviously uh, concerned about this. For example, South Korea, just as one that I uh, I think they listed, um, has a withholding rate of ten percent. For example, so ten percent of the earnings would be withheld. Um, and it, and it can get worse than that. So um, there are some users that this is going to be hit hard, for sure. Some creators that are going to get fucked pretty hard by this. Um, time to move. <laughs> time to move. <laughs> time, time to move. You're time in South move. Africa? Too bad. Time to move. <laughs> time to time move. To move. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so anyway, that's a newer development. I think that goes into effect here in the not-too-distant future. Um, if you're in the U.S., in Canada, in the U.K., or a couple of others, odds are this isn't going to mean pretty much anything. But for a number of countries, it is unfortunately going to be um, a pretty massive blow. So, there you go. Uh... Hmm. Okay, there we are. A team of Valheim players. This is just kind of uh, fun, fun news for the week. Nothing crazy, just a little fun news. A team of Valheim players have banded together to form Valheim's body recovery squad. I could have used this shit in fucking Minecraft, by the way. 
But we never had this kind of luxury in Minecraft. The Body Recovery Squad. So basically, uh, a lot of players were rage quitting, uh, on, or on the verge of doing so after dying in a place that was all but impossible for them to return to. And I can appreciate this, because after having played it now, Valheim's map is fucking huge. And a lot of it, you have to get in a boat and go for a fucking sail for like half hour or 45 minutes in one direction to get to a place that you need to go. You can get memed on on the way and die in the middle of a fucking ocean. You, you can get all the way over there and then get to a, uh, an area that you didn't think you were going to accidentally walk in upon, get one shot by something that you aren't ready to fight, and now you've lost all of your leveled gear all to right. that point, to that one spot. Thankfully, it's not like Minecraft at the very least, where if you die a second time, the first one is, is oh, done so. Yeah, yeah, so in this one, you can have multiple death markers, and it's not, it's not the be-all, end-all. But still, there are definitely, especially with the balance in the current game, there are some biomes that even with what you'd consider relatively high-level gear, you're going to get one-shot by some enemies. Um, and so, and some of these enemies fly, so you can't just, like, fucking run away or get on your boat and, like, fuck off. You're just going to get, you know, shrecked. So these guys got together and said, all right, let's solve this problem. So they created a Discord specifically for this. Uh, and you go through an application process. You get in and you hit a giant SOS button on the Discord. And it file it gives you a specific Discord tag. And it files you in and it provides you with, like, some documentation to read to understand the process and get learned on how it's all going to work. Then they, uh, then they literally, like, this is like some fucking, like, customer server shit. Then they uh, assign you a, a handler that then, that then gets you prepared and everything, and then they, they send the fucking squad. The hit squad shows up, and it doesn't matter where it is on the map, what's guarding it, doesn't fucking matter. This hit squad of, like, four or five dudes shows up, and they go get your body back. <laughs> and that's and that's all it is. I just thought it was the funniest fucking thing I'd seen. Uh, I'd seen. Is and they like, bring back your body for you, and so you don't have to go there. You don't have to go there. What you, do you have to pay? What do you no, have to pay? Zero dollars. It's free. Oh, They're doing this for free. Wow, the kindness of their hearts. They're Dedication. Yeah. Dedication. I just thought there that was go. fucking hilarious, uh, that's and cool. uh, that's kind of that's kind of cool. I just I just. I'm just, I was trying to mentally process just being a normal player, losing all my shit, and then I'm like legitimately going to a Discord, and like <laughs> pressing SOS. the S, the SOS. SOS. <laughs> Please go pick up my body. <laughs> Please, I can't get it. Uh, yeah, that's just. I just thought that was fucking hilarious. So there you go. So uh, uh, if they aren't already swamped with fucking requests they right need now, to stream this service, man. They, they might be, they yeah. might already be, but that's a genius move, uh, right? Like the the Valheim body body recovery service. Yeah, that's it's a great streaming idea. It, it's an mm. amazing streaming idea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in some sad news, slightly sadder news than that for sure. After Fantasian, which is the mobile uh mobile based, I think it's only on Apple Arcade, classic RPG. Um, that, like, uh, OG, OG Final Fantasy creator, and then Nobuo, uh, Nobuo Umatsu, the composer, were working on together as, like, their passion project. This game, I, we've looked at it before, but it's the one where they took, they built dioramas, and then they took high-resolution pictures of the dioramas, and the dioramas are the game world. Um, and it looks super dope, and it's classic RPG style, and the, uh, Nobuo Umatsu is doing the entire soundtrack uh for this game 
from beginning to end. And unfortunately, uh, they have announced that uh, this is likely his last full album for a game. For health reasons, he's got he's to put the brakes on. Uh, he is getting up there. I mean, uh, Umatsu's not exactly a spring chicken anymore. And uh, so uh, whether it's just for age and workload or he legitimately has some sort of health condition I'm unaware of, um, he is going to be stepping down from doing full game soundtracks after this game. Um, that does imply that perhaps he will still come back and do one-off tracks, like he might do like a battle theme or an overworld theme or, or something like that. But um, it, appears, it appears that we have uh, hit the end of an era of Umatsu soundtracks. Uh, I mean, he's goaded. He's, he's, there, I, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head that I would want to do a full Japanese RPG soundtrack other than Umatsu. Uh, there have been others that are quite good, but he is obviously the, uh, the king. Um, I'm also, just to add this, I'm fucking salty that that game is Apple Arcade. Like, of all the places to put a passion project that's this in-depth, you put it on Apple Arcade? Like, you couldn't put that shit somewhere else? I'm sure it will eventually come to, like, other platforms, but it, uh, they must have gotten paid a substantial amount of money Probably. to put that shit on Apple Arcade. Because, really, when's the last time you heard of an exclusive going to Apple Arcade? Especially Exclusively on Apple Arcade. <laughs> Get it now. No, and I'll imagine, pass. And imagine, imagine, like, and it's, it, like, uh, obviously there are, but it's not, and there's no high-profile games going to fucking Apple Arcade, so this is, like, the one fucking thing, right? That's salty as fuck. So hopefully it, it shows up, it shows up somewhere else in the, uh, in the, in the future as well, because I'd love to play it. Uh, after Microsoft's acquisition, oh, here we go, so, uh, Microsoft's acquisition of ZeniMax, which is, Bethesda's parent company, so they own Bethesda, of course. We talked about this on the podcast a couple times now. Um, that officially passed in the EU, so it's pretty much done deal there. It's going to be a done deal in the U.S. It would have been a done deal in the U.S. anyway. The U.S. doesn't give a shit about monopolies. So they're good. So after that, they feel comfortable now to talk a little bit more, but they didn't really produce anything when they started talking more about it so yet anyway um they're they're hinting a little like phil phil spencer's like dropping nuggets here and there but it's nothing specific yet so for example they did mention that again there will be um exclusives from bethesda that are just for pc and xbox via game pass that's a foregone conclusion they will not state which games those are yet but what he did do is he did imply that there are also games that are in Bethesda's back catalog that have previously been on multiple consoles or multiple places that will retroactively also get exclusive uh, treatment for the Xbox and PC. Um, so some people thought that perhaps when this acquisition happened that games that had come out before would just stay platform agnostic and it would be whatever. But mm. it seems that Philly has some other ideas. Um, and rightfully so. If you spend $7 billion on a company, you lock as much of that shit up <laughs> as you can. Yeah. Uh, you know, they had contractual obligations, like, for example, with... Um, uh, oh, crap. What's the name of the game that's coming up? Um, there's one more that's coming up that was also announced for the PlayStation. That's probably still going to be PlayStation for, like, the new stuff. But anything beyond that, I would be shocked if Starfield, Elder Scrolls, stuff like that wouldn't be exclusive. Uh, yeah. you got to make a lot of money back, and you don't do that necessarily by making that 
multi-platform if your goal is to get as many people on Game Pass as possible. Yeah, um, unless unless the other platforms are paying you a large amount of money. Yeah, I, I, I even even if there were previously existing contracts, like let's say for like DK is saying in chat right now, for let's say the MMO or um or or other games, when you've already spent seven billion dollars, you just find ways to get rid of those contracts. Um, so whatever it, whatever it takes for Microsoft to earn back their money in a reasonable amount of time, look for them to do that because yep. it will happen. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, not that <laughs> I don't know when Starfield is going to hit. I, I, I have a, a hunch that we're going to get the first minor tastes this summer. Um, but I mean, Elder Scrolls six is probably, I mean, Kai is going to be in high school. Uh, it ain't coming time, out anytime soon. <laughs> by the time that's coming out, it's going to be long time from now. So, yeah. Uh, but in related stuff, in, in order of this news that got released, um, they did find, or Nibel found, um, that Skyrim Special Edition and Fallout Game of the Year Edition, Fallout 4 Game of the Year Edition, uh, for Windows 10 was listed on the Microsoft Store, which uh, for a date release of tomorrow, the 12th, um, which would likely mean that they're coming to the Game Pass at the same time. Uh, and of course, Skyrim is now available now technically on a new digital platform, so Todd Howard is viciously masturbating right now somewhere in the world uh, over the fact that that's going to be re-released again on another platform and maybe get some more sales. Um, however, then that got updated earlier today. I'll open this tweet here because it's uh, it wasn't a text list. It was a... Uh, uh, a graphic here. So 20 Bethesda games are coming to the Game Pass tomorrow. Uh, and they are what they call, play, uh, what they have in the video or the, the image here, play 20 iconic Bethesda games on the Windows PC, console, and mobile. So the list here is uh, both Dishonored 1 and Dishonored 2 goes to all three of those. So mm. actually, is anything? Okay, so there's a couple things in this list that are only for xbox and pc but i'll let you know which ones those are if i don't say it then i'll clarify i guess for something else so so dishonored one and dishonored two pc console mobile doom the original we're talking the original doom uh doom 2 doom 64 which is wild uh doom 3 doom eternal all coming out and all on all three platforms so mobile, console, and PC. Fallout New Vegas, uh, that is console only, interestingly enough. Fallout 4, all three platforms. Fallout uh, 76, all three platforms if you hate yourself. Um, Prey is there, <laughs> all three platforms. Rage 2, all three platforms. Morrowind Game of the Year Edition on PC and consoles. Uh, as well as Oblivion, PC and consoles, Skyrim, all three platforms, uh, Elder Scrolls Online, so what we were just talking about, for example, this doesn't mean exclusivity necessarily, but here it is, uh, Elder Scrolls Online uh, is PC and consoles, The Evil Within, all three, Wolfenstein, The New Order, I think is which uh, that one, if I'm not mistaken, all three, uh, Wolfenstein, <clears throat> The Old Blood, all three, and Wolfenstein, Young Blood. Yeah. 
I can't. Sounds, my, like, uh, a, sounds like a rapper. Uh, that's his. Uh, that's that's when B.J. Blaskovich's daughters are the the uh, the people that you play in that one. If I'm not mistaken, those are that's also on all three platforms. So that's a pretty hefty list. There's a lot of good games there. Um, and it's interesting now to start to see them really pushing the fact that, like, hey, you can play these on mobile, meaning you're streaming them, um, you know, and playing them remotely from the cloud, um, for these titles. Uh, and that's exciting, uh, because of all of these streaming software that has existed, Microsoft seems to have been the most stable so far, so being able to pop on and play these games... You know, you attach a controller to your phone through whatever device you want to use. You can even, I think, um, get a Xbox controller to just work with your phone. Um, is uh, is a neat concept that I'm sure a lot of people will make uh, will make use of. But uh, but there you go. The other additive thing to this to keep in mind, as we talked about the other week, you'll remember I talked about how they uh, have they're really going all in on trying to make older games run better on mm. the new consoles, and they're the way that they messed with, uh, I think it was Direct3D-based stuff to increase frame rates, like double them um, in older games. They haven't listed which of these games are going to be getting that treatment, but they did say that some of the games on that list will actually be getting that treatment. So um, not only will they be available, but if you're playing them on console, uh, on the Xbox anyway, you're going to be getting that, that doubled, nearly doubled frame rate or whatever, the increased performance. In those games, I suspect that would be things like Morrowind, Oblivion, yeah, Skyrim, like the older, the older stuff, right? Older stuff like, that, yeah, that they can that they can work that out, and even some of the newer stuff has that that ability, like because uh, some of the newer stuff, for example, the Wolfenstein games, um, didn't run amazingly on the Xbox One. So if they could also imp- increase performance, and that's great. But we'll wait and see, and then uh, when we know more, we'll we'll let you guys know more. But that's cool. So there you go. That's your first wave of Bethesda isms. For the Xbox and PC, and uh, of course mobile. Uh, so if you're a big fan of those things, you keep an eye out. And if you got Game Pass, or like me, you went to Tim Hortons and roll up the rim, had Game Pass for one month as a as a prize. I too can play some of these games tomorrow on the Game Pass. Uh let's see. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Oh, Call of Duty voice actor. Oh, okay, here we go. We're going back to 2020 for a minute, Jeff. I know nobody wants to go back there, but just for a brief moment, we're going to go back to 2020. Okay. Uh, and one of the hottest news items that stuck with us forever last year, and that was Dr. Disrespect's banning on Twitch. And having never found out why that happened, of course, inevitably, more stuff will, will come up. And this seems to be the most... In fact, I think this was um, one of our guesses... And it's the most logical guess, honestly, of of all the reasons as to why it would have gone down the way that it did. So, Call of Duty voice actor who voices Ghost in the Call of Duty franchise uh, seems to have uh, some information on why Dr. Disrespect was banned from Twitch. Apparently, he heard from those who work at Twitch that it came down to a contract deal. So, um, allegedly, which Doc also alluded to that it was about money. That was, like, the closest he got to actually, like, talking about uh, talking about it. Allegedly, Doc was leveraging an offer from Mixer while renegotiating his contract with Twitch, which Twitch didn't enjoy all that much. And then, as it turns out, only a week after those negotiations started, Mixer went away. Rip. <laughs> so, Twitch you apparently... lost your leverage. Twitch apparently looked at that and said, were you lying about the fact that you had a contract? Because nobody at Mixer was, like, making endgame 
30 million dollar contracts in the seventh you know seven days before closing the entire platform that shit wasn't going down so uh twitch looked at that uh, apparently allegedly in in bad faith like he was trying to leverage something that wasn't there to get more money uh and uh unfortunately that was apparently why they decided to cut ties entirely and say you know we don't really feel like working with you anymore uh in any way shape or form so they just uh axed it i don't and know man that's that's does that does, it sound know. it sounds of all the guesses it sounds the most plausible i mean because if you think about the other guesses it's like it's like he's pushing cocaine he you know was yeah, involved no. in some weird sex ring there's a fucking there he's off making a new platform for shroud and ninja like like all the guesses like were just kind of fucking out in outer space uh, this is the closest yeah. thing to yeah i mean business is business right so i mean i don't know I I don't know. I don't think anybody's ever going to find out unless Doc them, himself just comes out and says what it is, um, which you never you never know. He might, you know, there might be a time where this dude's going to release a book and the tell Doc's going right? to like, retire when he's 60 years old and, or, or some yeah, shit. And just say, hey, you know what? I try to take him to the ringers for, you know, 30 million and I didn't have a contract. <laughs> they found out and fuck him. You know, now I'm making more money on YouTube. Maybe. No. I, I don't know. Right. Like, no, I don't know. I have a hard time believing that. Like, it does sound plausible, mm. but I mean, does Doc really need to pretend that there's a contract involved with Mixer to really get what he's worth? You know what I mean? Like the dude should, he should already really know what he's worth. And then, mm. I mean, even if they went under, what kind of proof would Twitch have that there wasn't any talks, you know what I mean? Between Doc and them and, and you know, they've, they've, they've rekindled a relationship with Ninja and we saw how bad of blood and shit that Ninja said about Twitch yeah. for a while and they didn't have a problem you know rekindling that relationship because guess what it's money it's business doc yeah. is business um the only thing that would make that semi-believable is the fact that doc is also a bit of a liability just from stunts that he pulled and stuff where it's like you know what now we have a chance to it was out. Right, it's, it's an yeah. out yeah if that's what they really wanted but if you're in the middle of a contract renegotiation and you don't you don't want to be in a relationship with Doc, then you just say, I'm not going to renew. You can stream on my platform, but I'm not going to pay you millions of dollars to be here exclusively. If you want to go shop somewhere else and shop somewhere else. So like that's the part that doesn't make any sense. Really, did someone's feelings get hurt and they're like, You're fucking you're banned from Twitch and you're not, you know, you're deleting your channel and everything. Like his channel got deleted. You know what I mean? <laughs> do we do we really like, you know, is it that does seem awfully you know, personal though? It's like, it's like seems, deleting the channel. Really, yeah. Like, and you can't, yeah. you can't be on stream with other people on the platform. Like that just, it doesn't make over what over a bad business deal. That just seems like a lawsuit. Honest to God. Um, it just seems, <laughs> it just seems weird. Um, that's why I don't really believe that. I, I think, I, I think the only, t I don't think people should speculate too much on, on that being true. There might be mixed uh, like truths within I that i think i think but like it, anything it's probably like a, a sprinkling of a bunch of stuff and yeah and know. um who knows who knows it would Nobody make partial knows. sense to me that like this would be a situation like a straw that broke the camel's back situation where they're looking at him as a liability already they've already had to deal with him several different times on something that was high profile and kind of unsavory on more than one level um that uh you know for twitch was was probably already a pain in the ass business or no and yeah. then so if they get to this point and then the wrong person's at the table listening to the Maybe. deal and they're like uh, and they're like you know what 
Seems pretty extreme, dude. Like even even just the backlash that viewership and everything else would get and bad press, like no. it just over something like if he broke you know, broke some hurt someone's feelings or just did bad business practices. I mean, I I don't know. I I don't know if I can believe that. But well, you never know. This the the wait continues for the ultimate truth, should we ever find mm. out the tell all book of Doc's retirement coming in twenty forty five. Sit, sit tight for that one. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fans got a pleasant surprise yesterday when the Shredder's Revenge was announced with a trailer, uh, and it looked pretty good. Uh, it will be using 16-bit graphic style, something similar to the Turtles in Time game, uh, and animations are looking really good. Like All the Turtles have their own independent animations, very much like a tie to their personality. Uh, it looks like they've got, and it might even be a little bit mechanical, it looked like um, one of them, I can't remember which one it was, but they were running a little slower than the rest, so there might be, like, some, some of them are faster, but they do less damage, some of them are slower, but they're doing more damage, which was already kind of a thing in the original game, some of them just flat out did more damage than others, uh, for example, but, um, uh, yeah, uh, it looks good, they did a little, um, animated intro that was like an anime type thing, uh, intro to it with the, with the, the theme song in the middle of the, uh, at the mm-hmm. beginning of the trailer, and then they showed the, uh, the gameplay, uh, but yeah, very much like the classic arcade games, uh, exactly, and, and, uh, and looked, and looked good. So we're gonna see now how popular that is, because you'll remember when, um, Battletoads got their remake, and when Streets of Rage got their recent remake, or, or their update, that they didn't go with the the 16-bit graphics. They went with, like, the the more of a draw, hand-drawn, um, flat kind of a look. And there was a, a uh, you know, the, it was the great divide of why are, how could you not do this in 16-bit? And the other people were like, it's not fucking 1994 anymore. Let them just do something different. Uh, and so Turtles have, have, have chosen their side of the battlefield. Uh, and I guess, I guess what that means is they're also being very specific with who they're targeting with this, because it is basically the old arcade games. They're targeting you, they're targeting me, you know, bordering on boomer status, uh, nostalgia out the, uh, you know, out the ass, uh, kind of a deal. And we'll see if it pays off for them. It does look like it's going to be done well. It's not like a, it doesn't look like a, at least from what you can see in the trailer, it's a cheap kind of a one-off kind of deal. So we'll see if it, uh, if it pays off for them, uh in uh in the long go i think you've got like just about every one of those games back there don't you oh i've got them all yeah oh yeah um and then i think it's also loaded up on your your arcade machine at least one of them yeah it is i yeah, yeah i think all of them are that's a popular one i think that might be 80 percent of what's played on that arcade cabinet 100 <laughs> percent. it's the turtles in time or some shit turtles in time is like it, when the arcade goes on i turtles in time gets turned on and i usually play uh x-men yeah, and yeah, yeah. I like playing um uh fuck, there was one more. Uh Simpsons. All the Simpsons game. Oh my god. They're all like similar uh, oh, it's all side scrolling beat em like, up size, thing. Yeah, beat em ups, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're fun. Um good, good music and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. You'll get you'll get more of that apparently. Uh I don't know if there was a release date for that. I don't remember if at the day, end of the trailer if there was anything, but it's coming. More turtles. It's coming. And uh, you know what else is coming, Mr. Black? What? Sellout time. Oh, already. Okay. Mm. It's uh, it's patreon.com slash lag TV. If you guys want to throw some money at the screen, support the podcast, you can. Um, also, we got sponsors. We got NordVPN. If mm. you don't already have a VPN service, 
make sure to go to www.nordvpn.com slash OTT. Super easy. 68% off when you go there. Use the promo code OTT. You get one bonus month for free as well uh, two, on a two-year subscription. You can get more if, if you want or less. It doesn't really matter, but two years is the sweet spot where you get all the crazy deals. Um, you can use up to six simultaneous devices, so you only need one account per household unless you've got a massive family. Um, you, can, <laughs> uh, you can game on these. You can stream on them. You can play Valheim on them if you really mm. want to. Um, you can play Valheim on them and stream on them at the same time if you really want to. <laughs> uh also you can watch different regions of netflix that's what i use Mm. mine mostly for um unless i'm out in public wi-fis then of course i'm using my nordvpn to stay safe and stay anonymous um and yeah it's a good service they support your favorite podcast they support tons of content out there so if you're ever thinking about uh getting a vpn make sure you go to nordvpn.com ott also we've got elgato they've got some new products out they do. They've got um, they've got sound dampeners that you can put on your uh, like uh, sound panels that you can put on your your walls, your ceilings, all that fun stuff to um, to make it so that your room isn't as echoey. If you're if you stream in a um, small space or not even if you stream, like some people want these as well. If you're playing a game that has voice comms and when you talk, it sounds like you're in a tin can uh, <laughs> because uh, your sound is just bouncing off every wall possible. So you can go ahead and pick up some of those uh, through Elgato. You can always grab a stream deck. You can grab a wave microphone. I mean, at this point, Elgato's got just about anything, or they've got something that you could use at this point. I mean, they've got lighting, green screens. uh, they got different softwares. They've got hardwares. they got capture cards. they got uh, uh, sound panels. Yeah, a green screen mouse pad if you want to be a hand model. That's it. They've got just about everything. So definitely go check them out over on Elgato. And show them some love because they they sponsor the podcast. And that's it. Yes, sir. And now it's time for... Well done. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) And what uh, what I could only describe as being peak 2021, Mr. Black. Mm. Sony Animation has announced K-pop Demon Hunters is in development. This follows a world-renowned K-pop group as they balance their lives in the spotlight with their secret identities as badass demon hunters. Ooh. So it's like the Powerpuff Girls if the Powerpuff Girls had to hide the fact that they were Powerpuff Girls. Can't wait, Adam. Bro, that thing's gonna do numbers. That's like it you're is. combining fucking like anime and K-pop into like one fucking power move. Like that. It won't do my number though. No, but it's going to do numbers. Be, I won't. It won't. I won't be watching it. <laughs> it's going to do some big ass numbers. Uh, you know what else? It's probably going to do pretty decent numbers. A Quiet Place Part Two. Uh, John announced this on his Twitter, um, where they are re- uh, they're releasing it on Memorial Day. So May 31st. If you're not in the U.S., you don't know what the fuck Memorial Day is. May 31st. Is the release for A Quiet Place 2. I like the first one quite a bit. I don't know if I needed a second one. But we're going to get one. And uh, hopefully it's as good as the first. Because the first was pretty good. uh, What was your take on Quiet Place? I liked it. I I think we saw it together, didn't we? Did we not see that together in theater? We might have. 
I think I think that was the last movie we saw together. It's been a hot minute since we've gone to a theater, so I don't, I don't know that was. Sure, I'm pretty sure you and I went to go and see that together. It was uh, like, yeah, I'm almost positive. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, it was a good movie. It was a good movie, and um, and so yeah, hopefully the the next one is good. That wasn't what was the one. It was like this came out, and then there was another one. It was like there was at least two or three movies that had the exact same fucking premise that released in the same year. There was the one where instead oh, of was, yeah, the one you're thinking of is um, it's not that you couldn't similar. say anything. It was no, that you couldn't look at them. Yeah, that was um, what's her face was in it, blind or whatever it was, or yeah. fucking um, Bird Box. Bird Box. That's it. Yeah. That was a Netflix movie. Yeah, Bird Box. It was like everyone had like this whole concept of you couldn't fucking say th- anything or look at anything or whatever, and there were all these very similar movies. Um, yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was that. Uh Jumanji, Jeff. How many? Wait, how many Jumanjis have they done now? Because this says four. Too many. Uh, so according to one of the previous producers, they have done four. They, okay. This will be the fourth. Okay, fourth of the new, or did they consider the no, first one? No, they considered the first one, the first one, and okay. then the the first rock one is was two. the second, and then okay. the, the second rock one was the third, and then this will be the. So fourth. this is technically the third rock. Based this is a trilogy of the Rock Jumanji. Right. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, fourth one, big shocker. It's coming. I think those movies actually make a fair amount of fucking money, don't no, they? They make shit tons of money. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> shit tons of money, like billion dollar money. Yeah, it's like a billion dollar movie for Jumanji of all things. Imagine if, imagine if Robin Williams could have enjoyed a billion dollar Jumanji movie. Um. So there you go. If you like Jumanji, Jumanji movies, get another one coming. Not that that's surprising. Uh, I don't remember if this was something they previously announced, and it just left my mind. But Resident <laughs> Evil, uh, Resident Evil movie, it got announced for September third. Was yeah. that something that we knew about before? Or did this just get announced like as a surprise, motherfucker? Yeah, that 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 got announced. Um, uh, a movie? Are you sure it's not the show? It's I a movie. There was a show that got announced. No, this is a movie. There oh. is a show. Okay, maybe I didn't know about the movie. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the movie uh, for September 3rd, and the poster lists just about every fucking name you can come up with in the Resident Evil canon, and I have them listed here. Is it a live action? I think so. Really? <laughs> so uh, you know what I need? A live action one that's just as bad as the intro to Resident Evil director's cut. Mm. The live action when they're like introducing all the characters and like they all it looks like somebody just picked up a home like a home camera and just started filming people that like took shit out of a thrift shop and like threw it on. That would be fucking incredible. I'd watch the shit out of that. Uh, but uh, yeah, so the names that got on the poster include Jill Valentine, Chief Irons, Albert Wesker, Claire Redfield, Leon S. Kennedy, Chris Redfield, Richard Eichen, Ada Wong. Uh, Brad Vickers and William Birkin. So again, just about every major character that they could slam in there uh, is on that poster. So whatever the fuck that means. I haven't been into a live action Resident Evil anything for a long time. So I'm kind of hoping the show will kind of like do something new and anything. I don't know. Uh, well, as long as it's not fucking what's his name and, and his and his wife or whatever that like, keeps making every Resident Evil movie. Yeah, fucking... I know what you're talking about. What's yeah. her face? Um. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, I'm just over. I'm over the. I'm over that. That line of Resident. That shit has become a video game and not even like a good one. Yeah. <laughs> so it's. <laughs> what's okay? Here's a question. What does the S stand for in Leon S. Kennedy? 
I don't know if I, I know, know that. I couldn't it's, it's just interesting to me because he's the only character, I think, in the entire fucking franchise that has a middle initial. I don't know. I I have no idea. Somebody just said, Big Braden said Scott. Okay, so it's, it's Scott. Scott. Leon okay. Scott Kennedy. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, Leon Swole. <laughs> he's, not, he's not Chris Redfield. He's not taking horse tranquilizers and punching fucking boulders. All right? Le- you know, Leon's a more... Uh, sophisticated character. Uh, but yeah, I can't wait to see how many steroids Chris Redfield's on in this movie. We'll have to wait and see just how many he took for this role. Uh, <laughs> All the steroids. <laughs> he just gets, that motherfucker just keeps they getting... They may as well just make Chris Redfield Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Seems like he just wants more movies anyway. Just put Dwayne The Rock Johnson in there as Chris Redfield and call it a day. I feel like Dwayne's pushing the limits of how much the, his body age can withstand the uh, juice the juice i'm pretty sure he's well right now he's he's beaming of juice for his black adam <laughs> movie so i mean the guy is literally a walking juice can <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and this mother like the rock man i love the rock dude i i mean i'm i'm a i'm a rock fan but i mean yeah. this guy dude he is i don't know where i don't know he reminds me he's like he's like the dude doesn't stop like ever and he's a constant fucking advertising machine. Yeah. Like the guy nonstop. does nothing but plug his products. Yeah. Like, I mean, nonstop. Yeah. Like, I don't know how many times I got to hear Dwayne The Rock Johnson say, like, you know, the, the, uh, next season of Ballers. No, not even. No. <laughs> first, first he prefaces it's like this. You know, I just want to, I just wanted to say, <laughs> I, uh, I just want to, I just wanted to say to my fans that uh, the best part of fame is is hearing from you guys. That's the best part of fame. He does that every time. That's the best part of fame is you guys connecting and you guys, you know, hearing your stories. And that's the best. Sometimes they'll sprinkle in like I met a person who just like hopped out of their truck on the freeway and ran over to me. I was uh, I was just getting out of my private jet when one of the. one of the guys that that does his little pylon things to bring the jet in <laughs> to my private hangar i noticed that uh one of his pylons there had a rock symbol on it oh my god it had, had a the rock bowl. symbol had the bull <laughs> and you know i'm even wearing a rock you're wearing right one now. right now you fucking asshole you got I went, and i bought it to, i bought it because it's the rock you know because <laughs> this motherfucker doesn't stop I don't even know where I was going with that, but I was going to say this. <laughs> the best part of fame is it's meeting the fans. Is meeting the guy with the with the pole with the with the with the bowl on it. By the way, you want to know what keeps me up all the time? My new energy drink. <laughs> it's called Zamboa, Zamboa, Mo, Mo, Moan, Moroccan. I love my ancestry. You can pre-order it now by clicking in the link in the description below. <laughs> you guys are the best part of fame. Oh, by the way, have you seen my new shoe? <laughs> and I just want to let you guys know and thank you from the bottom of my heart, but this is the number one shoe in Under Armour. <laughs> it's it's number one everything, right? He just got to let you know. I deadlifted 30 more pounds the moment I put on these shoes. I'm telling you, I even I got some headphones here rock headphones i'm telling you the new technology 
you know, the ergonomic design of this, it, it has officially, because of you guys, it has officially become the number one headphone in the world right now. I got to thank y'all because this is the best part of fame, making $300 million a year <laughs> and pushing all this stuff made in China. I just, you know, it is, it is Dude, what it is. He it's never fucking, he never, st- and it's part it's of why, country. like, it's, it's part it's of country. why, like, I like The Rock to a degree. But he, there was a point in his career where he crossed over into some weird fucking shit that uh, I just yeah. can't follow him down that road anymore. Yeah, I mean, I'm following him down the road. I just like I roll my eyes sometimes just because like it's so blatant. Like, it's, and you know it's what it not, is? He's doing what we do. He's doing what we do, but he's doing it non-ironically. Yeah, yeah. And, so like, well, so too, like, well, like too, we yeah. we preface all of our shit yeah, and like do all this, but we do it like in an ironic kind of comedic fashion. The Rock straight face the fuck and all that shit. Yeah, he just he just doesn't he just doesn't cover but he's it so up. Charismatic, like yeah, yeah. I, it's like I can't hate the guy, I can't hate on him. I got to respect the hustle because he's he's earning it, man. He's fucking earning it. But Obviously, my God, if you follow the guy's social media for more than two weeks, like you're gonna hear the same song and dance at least five times within a two-week period and it's non-fucking-stop the dude has got a new product or something or he's got to regurgitate like uh, like god like he's worse than conor mcgregor with the whiskey yeah, yeah, yeah. like the dude he is he is relentless yeah with this stuff like this muana uh terramana tequila like the, even the fact that i know what that is tells you he's doing his job right you know there's two different versions and he's i i i don't like, I, I don't like I, I don't and I don't fucking like uh, yeah I don't know I don't know it, it is it is what it is but he's out it there is, doing it he is, is out there doing it it is what it is uh that's all I've got in the land of of movies and tv I don't I don't get anything else we haven't watched anything uh really new here to talk about that I can think of uh um, yeah I don't I don't really have anything either I finished watching uh um WandaVision. We finished oh, that. That was the ending of that. It was good. It was the ending was a little eh for me. Mm. Um was it eh because they had to go out of their way to open it up for something else to be no. to be happening somewhere else? No, it was just I just found I just found from episode three to eight was just really, really good. Really, really good. And then I just found when they wrapped it up, like it just felt not rushed, but it just I don't know. It didn't it just felt like more Marvel mm. and I was enjoying the uniqueness of what I was getting and then oh, realized okay. and then just realized we're getting more Marvel. And then, you know, they just did some things in the show that like made us really excited and then just kind of negated some of the stuff. And I was like, ah, you know, it is what it is. But it was good overall. Like the show, like overall, if, like because of the last couple episodes, it's like an eight out of ten. Mm. If they would have stuck the landing, it'd have been ten out of ten for me. Oh, okay. It would have just been almost a, a perfect a uh, perfect experience. It's but always it was so disappointing good. when a show is so fucking good. And then it's like, I mean, and it must be as a show writer and everything so hard to fucking just carry that momentum and nail it all the way to the end because sat- getting a satisfying ending is something that only a few shows have ever fucking pulled well, off. Marvel can do it. It's just like, there's just still more to come. And like, yeah. so I'm sure when Marvel, like this is the beginning of the next phase type thing. So mm. it's, it's the beginning part. I'm sure when we get further into more stuff and years down the road, you'll appreciate it even more and you'll go, Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's it. But right now it's just like, eh, 
This is good. Yeah, maybe it's gonna be one of those like uh, things where they just have a callback five years from now, and then it's gonna dawn on everyone and be like, "Oh fuck, okay, you got me, you got me, Kevin Feige, mm. you got me." That's other than that, that's it. Yeah, no, there's not much, not much else going on there. Well, then it's time to move into tech support. Patreon.com slash like TV. If you want to financially support the podcast directly, you can do so. And for $10 or more each and every month, you can uh, you can have a, uh, a shot at asking us. Well, it's not that you have a shot. You can ask us questions. Just whether or not we get around to being able to answer them. On a post we put up each and every week called Tech Support. Let's see what we've got going on this week. Ah, this is apparently based on a true story. This is a good one for Mr. Black. Let's see what his response is to this bad boy. Okay. Uh, So this is based on a true story. Jorbach asks, how would you respond as a property owner if you discovered that your tenants were renovating without telling you? Renovating? Yeah. Like a good renovation? Well, I, I I don't know if that that wasn't specified, you know, uh, but may, I'm assuming if it's tenants and they're renting, they're probably uh, doing some DIY shit. I don't think they're coming and bringing people in. I mean, it depends on the level of renovations. Like, I always tell my tenants, like, hey, if you want to change the color of a room, it needs to get approved. Um, Because the, the, the problem is, is if it's not something that's neutral, then when they leave, then you got to, like, you know, 17 coats. And, yeah. Um, I do have one tenant now that is building like an entire um shed slash office on the side of the house, like a like a big, like a, a big ass twelve, like a ten by I don't even know. Um, but I had to get him to send me the permits and the approved design. He's a he's an engineer, so he built he builds okay. So like it's what he does, and it's almost complete. Um, so like that's a value add, and he's paying for it. So, um, hey. and he yeah, and he offered <laughs> that hey, if you when I when I move out, you can I can take it with me, or um, or just Leave it. have it removed, uh, you or you can keep it. So it's up it's up to you. Um, but yeah, of course he had to go to me and ask for permission, especially oh, okay. if you're building something that big. So he's talking drywall, wiring, plumbing, etc. Possibly no. uncertified tradespeople. No, the answer is a hard no, um, because if you're doing drywalling, it's not that bad. Like if there's been a hole in the wall and they want to patch it or whatever, that's not bad. As soon as you get into wiring and plumbing, that's a big no for me, dog, because then you're talking about uh, insurance, potential insurance issues, claims. If something happens, the fucking house goes up on in, in flames, knock on wood. That, that never happens, but. Um, and they find out that's just been dodgy uh, work and stuff that you weren't uh, privy to. Um, you're fucked. So the answer is no. Um, nothing should be done without a. Honestly, everything should be asked for, even up to drilling holes in a wall to put a TV up. Like they should be at least getting the okay. Like, yeah. hey, is this cool? Usually is. Um, but yeah, no. Full blown renovations, like adding a fucking room and. Uh, adding a bathroom and fucking uh, hit, no, that ain't it. It ain't their house. Go buy your own house and do whatever renovations you want. <laughs> uh, so I guess I guess the the to answer the so what happens if 
So this is, this is, they're renovating without telling you. So what happens if you discover that they've done that? What do you, what do you do when you've discovered that they've, that they've done that? Well, it's situational because for one, um, I would say, uh, first I'd see what they've done. Mm. So if it's something substantial, like we're talking wiring and plumbing, um, I would, I, for one, if, if, if it was something that was an improvement and it was like, okay, wow, I actually like what you did here. You'd have to hire somebody to go in and check the work, um, to make sure that it, that it was, uh, properly done. Um, and, 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 and all that stuff. Cause there are code, like there are certain codes that you have to abide by, uh, or, or you, you know, you're, it's just a liability. depends on how much risk and liability you want to take, right? You want to turn a blind eye to everything and everything Mm -hmm. might work out. If it doesn't, and something bad happens, you're likely on the hook for it, right? So your insurance has an out to fuck you, um, and they will fuck you. Trust me. Uh, you give an insurance any reason. That's the first thing an insurance company does. When you make a claim, they look for every reason not to pay you, even though you've been paying. That will be a reason. Um, mm. So if, if I was in the position, I would go and see what it was. If it was something that was good, I would say, hey, I really appreciate what you guys are doing here. Um, I like what you did. I have to get somebody to check this out to make, especially since you're using wires, hopefully you understand that. And also, you know, as much as I love your work uh, in the future, if you do plan to make any modifications on the property, you got to green light it through me first. If you don't, unfortunately, I'm going to have to put it back to where it was and take that of your damage deposit. Because also when people leave after you, this layout or what you've done may not be as, uh, um, sought after or beneficial for the next tenant right um you don't you don't you're you don't this isn't your home you don't you don't own this place right so of course you want to just do it in a way that people are comfortable and i'm sure they mean well um you don't want to go in there and start a fucking war for no reason especially if they feel as though they're giving you value some people are just naive some people are just ignorant to rules and they just don't really think things through um and so they don't they're not a lot of the times being malicious about it um and there's no ill will but they are breaking the rules it's not their home mm. you can't modify something you don't own it's like renting a vehicle from a store or from a deal from a dealership or a, a, a renting a vehicle place and then deciding that you want to go and put new rims on it or you want to add uh, an exhaust pipe or whatever it's like yeah you may have improved the vehicle but it isn't yours to improve. You, you, you're not allowed to do that. It's mine. I own it. Like I could literally sue you for that. Yeah. Like I could take your damage deposit now, even though it's an upgrade, and take it from you. So, no. Uh, what's your oh Dan Jim asks? What is your favorite film score? So your favorite film soundtrack. <clears throat> Um, my favorite film soundtrack. I can tell you that I only have like two movie soundtracks I can think of off the top of my head that I have downloaded. I gotta go. I gotta go with this cheating a little bit. Well, not really cheating, but I'm, I'm, I'm going with, um, I'm going, uh, the goofy movie soundtrack and I'm going, uh, I think it's called, I think it's called eye to eye. I think that's what it is. Let me see Yeah, eye to eye from Goofy. Okay. That's where I'm going. I'm going with that. Shit's fire. 
Um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I only have two movie soundtracks downloaded, so it's it's gonna be something from one of those. The two that I have are The Last Samurai and Tron Legacy. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tron is a good one. Yeah, That's um, a good one. Tron's got some fire tracks in it. The Matrix in, got some good ones too. It's true, but Tron is really good. Tron, um, uh, for Tron, it's the one called, I think it's the one called The Grid, where it's like, yeah. it's got this speech where, um, you know, yeah, he's given, he's, um, he's given, well, not Russell, uh, it's, um, well, now that you said Russell, my brain can't fucking think of his actual name. <laughs> uh, but it's him, it's him doing the voiceover, you know, the whole thing, and then it yeah, kicks in, or whatever, the grid. Uh, 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 yeah, 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 that's fire. Um, Good. and then, um... Jeff Bridges. And Jeff then, Bridges, that's it. Jeff Bridges. And then, uh, yeah, Last Samurai. I think the track in that is called A Measure of Peace, I think is the specific name of that track, and that's fucking fire. I think it's Hans Zimmer did uh, Last Samurai, um, and Hans Zimmer doesn't miss, so you could pretty much say if, you, if, if Hans Zimmer did the score of a film, odds are I'm going to go, I like it. I don't even have to hear it. Thumbs up. Hans Zimmer did it. Um, as far as I'm concerned, he's he's the greatest film composer of all time. Uh, all right. What do we got here? Mm-mm-mm. Logan asks, what are some tips and techniques that you use when you're learning a new skill? Um... Uh... I just, I just obsess. That's it. I just literally obsess over whatever I'm getting into. It's the show. I'm just, I'm constantly watching videos, constantly thinking about it. And I just do practice, 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 more practice and more practice. That's just it. See, because a lot of people would just do a ton of research, but never do the action. See, I'm the type of guy that like, I'll jump in, I'll do it, and then I'll watch, 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 and implement, 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 watch, implement, watch, watch, implement, and go, go, go. That's just it. I just get obsessed over it. That's why I have a very addictive personality anyway. So once I latch onto something that I like or that I want to learn, I'm not stopping until I'm, hmm. until I've got out of it what I want out of it. Yeah, if it's like something that if I'm learning a skill specifically, then yeah, it's I will I'll just usually uh, do the thing, and like, you could, because at the very least, the the benefit of just going in and 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 doing it uh, as fast as you can is that you'll know immediately what within that skill you suffer at in the first place. And then you can get more specific about it later on. But if you just like, if you just go and try and like um, understand the whole the whole thing before knowing what you're weak in, then yeah, it's bad. And then yeah, and then nothing is learned without practice. So ultimately, everything boils down to practice. The only thing that you can do is practice smarter, which is why if you just do it and you know what you're weak in, focus on your weaknesses. And go from there. Um, you know, there are two schools of thought with any with anything. Um, you've got the school of thought that will say, focus on your weaknesses and bring them up so that they're at the same level as your strengths. 
And then there's a school of thought that say, fuck your weaknesses, take your strengths, and make them even stronger. Uh, was the Bruce Lee quote, I don't fear the man who knows a thousand kicks, I fear the man who's practiced a single kick a thousand times. That's um, it. So, like, there's that school of thought versus, you know, and, and depending on who you are as a person, one of those two things are going to gel the, with you more. I'm the thousand kicks. Yeah. So I'm definitely the thousand kicks. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's, really, that's really what it boils down to. Uh, Theodore asks, let's say you want to do when cheese fails in 2021. Pro tip. I do not. Uh, what games other than StarCraft would you pick? The problem with Winchester, and we've, we've answered this question or similar questions over the years before, because lots of people have wanted us to try and apply the Winchies Fields formula to other games. And the problem with that is that StarCraft is like really specific to cheesing in a way that other games are less well, yeah it's it, it it that's true i wouldn't say into cheesing but it is in terms of the spectating and the format like, yeah of creating content around the yeah. cheese is really it's not specific to starcraft but it's definitely the most applicable like you can yeah. apply cheese in fucking league of legends dota fucking um uh csgo cheese you could you could there's cheese tactics all over the place. The thing about StarCraft's cheese was that it was actually something that you could turn it into content and consistently. Um, uh, because there was there always was some level of variability in it that would make it capable, you know, make it capable for us to do, you know, six years of fucking when cheese fails. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, and it's not that we didn't even field the idea back in the day because we did uh, when we were in the midst of it um, especially when we were both in uh, like 2014 League of Legends was the number one thing that we sat down and tried to come up with methods in which we could somehow apply lag TV isms into the world of League of Legends we could not fucking come up with a, a feasible way to do that so um, it's uh, it's just kind of it's kind of like the nature of the beast for StarCraft in that it was serendipitously a good format for us to do it and easily achievable because of the fact that replay files existed. Yeah. You know, if you don't have replay files, it's a nightmare. Like doing yeah. any kind of <clears throat> casting at all outside of StarCraft, you're so spoiled in StarCraft because yeah. no other game does that shit. Yeah, I mean, I guess like the closest game I could I could have uh, think of that would have worked for the format would have been League of Legends. Yeah. Um just in terms of its popularity, um the fact that, you know, uh, they did you, you can watch replays and 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 watch games. Yeah. Um but I mean at the time I I I don't know, like I feel as though like you could incorporate that but it would be more so commentating the game than necessarily yeah. dealing with the cheese because the cheese really, unless you're doing some sort of cheesy build with, with the character tech tree or, or playing it a certain way, it would be more of a unique, it would just be like, it wouldn't be when cheese fails. It would be Adam and I doing our thing, but uh, making it uniquely for league of legends. That's the only thing that I could have thought of. Yeah. Um, like, obviously, what are you going to do? do? Like, if they do a cheese build of the character, what happens? They just 
if it fails, it's just that character yeah. feeding. And you just go into a game, yeah, and then you just go into like and a then it's just game a forty or minute game right? or or whatever that happens after it. So yeah. uh, it would have been yeah. just a thing where Adam and I would have just needed to cast League of Legends and just be unapologetically us. Yeah, um, and something natural would have sp- spun out of that. It would have spun out of that, right? Yeah. Um, but in terms of the when cheese fails, I think it's very specific. Mm. for starcraft in general um and the only way i ever see a series like that working again would be for another starcraft or a different rts that they're building but you could we may not get that rts ever or we may not see it for another 45 years so you know it's just it listen guys when she's fails is gone i you know it's it's just it's one of those things that we it's happened it's Six there it's years. modded it's there. There's so um, much. When yeah, the best, the, the best you could ever get from that would be us doing it again yeah. for the same game. That's the best you could ever get. Um, but in terms of like other stuff, um, no. Yeah, when she fails think- is like is it has entered the category where I feel like a lot of people think that they would want us to do that again, and they just I, they it's not going. It's to, more nostalgia, you it's know. Not gonna just hit. Go, it's a yeah, just go thing. rewatch. It's like it's one of those things, like just a one off thing. It may work, um, but other than that, man, it's just yeah. It's it's the ship has sailed. <laughs> we did it for over a half a decade. There's so many of them. Yeah. You can enjoy that shit. Uh, and lots of people have been actually. A lot of people have been getting into my chat, uh, and when I'm streaming, being like, I just finished a fucking like binge of, of like old StarCraft videos, like light TV videos. I was like, oh, and there's probably hundreds of hours of content up there. Hunt, bro, bro. There's, there's over, there's over 1,200 videos just in the fucking yeah. Well, there you go. And we lost some of that content, and there's still over a thousand <laughs> apiece, uh, yeah. not including light TV two stuff. Um, eight, nine, ten. Hey, Jeff, what's your thoughts on bidets? Ha! We talked about those on my stream the other day. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah. Um, I never, I've never used one. Um, so I don't really know. That that's that's just that. I mean, the idea yeah. of them is 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 whatever. I just thought, like, and I asked the chat. I was like, you know, is there like enough? pressure to like really clean your ass you know what i mean like just the thought of just having water just kind of spraying your ass cheeks and it just always seemed to me like it was somehow make it worse i never understood how it could like properly fucking do the job and then somebody told me that there's the bucket technique or whatever where there's like where some people have like a is like a pail or a bucket of water and they squat over it and then they like splash water up in their ass and I'm like, well, what about that dirty shit water that goes back into the bucket? And then you're just <laughs> putting more shit dirt water in, on in your ass again. Like, I, it's just weird. I, I don't know. Like, well, if you're in a Filipino house, uh, house, you would have something similar, but you'd have a bucket with a smaller cup thing that you'd like scoop water out of. And you'd basically be bidaying yourself, but like into, like you wouldn't be reusing the water necess- like, oh, okay. necessarily. Yeah. So, you know, similar there. That's a very, that's a very, uh, Southeast Asian, uh, thing. Yeah. I've never actually used one. I'm sure they're, they're great, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll install one in the future sometime just, just to see how it goes. 
Um, Dr. Samurai asks, what movie or video game do you wish you could completely forget just so you could watch or play it again for the first time? Hmm. Ooh. Video game? Uh, man. That's tough. That's a good question. Um, if I could go back to, if I could also go back in time to when I played the game, that would be important. Because if I just played like some of the games I'm thinking of, yeah, I wouldn't want to play true. right now. So if we added that to the equation, I'd go back to 2008, play Persona 4 all over again after watching Giant Bomb play Jeff Gersman and Vinny Caravelle play that. I'd, I'd do that. For sure. That was like a fucking, um, like eight months of my life that was just fucking incredible in terms mm -hmm. of like gaming. And it was like, it was the first piece of gaming that was outside of my, you know, the, what people consider the golden years where they'll say, you know, your favorite games usually landed when you were between the ages of like 10 and 13. Yeah. Because you can remember them and it was when you could actually appreciate the games and that's like when you would lock in some of your favorites. And so, um, which is true the majority of the time, honestly. So for me, that was like Persona 4 was the first game outside of that pocket where I actually, like, it, it became a favorite and like a long-lasting video game memory that wasn't like, oh, I was 12, 13 years old and playing games. Uh, so I'd probably go back and do that. I'm going to go with... Um... I really want to say Final Fantasy VII. Hmm. Because that was that was a pretty special thing. And I think I would like it if I could forget about it and play the remake in its entirety. Good news, Jeff. Uh, As somebody who played the remake, um, it's different enough that you just shouldn't care. All right. Yeah. I, 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 but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go and say. Uh, I'm actually gonna go and say Donkey Kong 64. Wow, that's a random one. Holy shit! I'm gonna say just to be different. You want to? You want to? You want to re-experience the DK rap? I do, but I don't want to re-experience it today. I no, would want to go, go back, back in time. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the reason why I picked that is, you know, Mario 64 was the first game that came to my head because it's. That's what I was going to say that's that you like probably have favorite. mentioned. It's yeah. like my favorite game of all time. Yeah, like, it's yeah. really top three. Um, But I could play that again today and enjoy the game. So I'm trying to pick a game that, like, I want to re-experience for the first time um, because I still think I would enjoy it just as much the first time as I did as if I were to play it again now. I'm going to I'm gonna go and say Donkey Kong 64 because... um. It was it was one of those games that didn't disappoint me as a kid, mm. and I was I was at that age where, um, I had already beat Mario sixty four, and I loved it so much. And this was marketed as Mario sixty four, but Donkey Kong. Mm. And so I, when I played it, I had and they had the expansion pack that you needed because it was more powerful version, and it was Donkey Kong, and everybody loved donkey kong countries two and three um in the original and it just didn't disappoint when i played the game it was every it was literally mario 64 um just better 
I, I equated it to like, Banjo-Kazooie. I thought it was yeah. Banjo-Kazooie, but Donkey Kong. Yeah, I mean, Mario 64 is a better game. Yeah. But it was, the, it was like Donkey Kong 64 took the mechanics of Mario 64 and, and the graphics and just made it better. Um, and, it, and, and instead of stars, it was bananas. Mm. And it was like, it just made sense. So I would say for me, it would definitely, I, I would pick, I'd pick Donkey Kong 64. Uh, Danish Devil asks, do you have any guilty pleasures that your uh, significant other makes fun of you for? Guilty pleasures? Yeah. I know recently uh, I've been on like this big um, reaction video kick on YouTube for like um, uh, um, for all sorts of shit. Most of it's rap though, like reacting to, to 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 rap tracks. People discovering or going back and listening to rap mm. when it was still rap and it wasn't somebody having a stroke being recorded live on air. Um, yeah. I, I've been I've been kind of into that shit uh and uh and m teases me all the time for for watching you watching the reaction videos to eminem again yes dear <laughs> yes somebody's discovering what 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 the english language is like if you actually use it instead of just uh have somebody punch you in the mouth and then try and speak over top of somebody else's beat and so yeah i uh i've been gobbing into that so she teases me about that Man, I I don't really Kayla doesn't really tease me about anything. Um Yeah, she doesn't really tease me about any guilty pleasures. Um one thing that Kayla does tease me about um is I always eat in a I prefer to eat in plastic containers. So like Kayla will, if I go upstairs, like she's getting to the point now where she's literally gives me Kai's plastic tray and puts a little meal on it. And bring <laughs> it um, but like, for example, if Kayla made dinner and it's upstairs and it's on a plate and she's sitting in the microwave for me to heat up, I'll take the plate out, grab a plastic bowl and dump the whole thing in there and then put it in the microwave and heat it up. Um, yeah, she she gives me a hard time about that. Um, like jokingly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's because I don't like the sound of forks and knives scraping plates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm able to just you know eat Hoe my in. food. Without, yeah, go in without fucking. I just hate that <laughs> shit. Um, uh, but yeah, no, that's I I give I give Kayla a hard time about her watching some of these stupid fucking shows she watches on Netflix. <laughs> uh, like i'll go up and there's like borderline softcore porn fucking weird wow. vampire weird shitty teeny boppy shows and shit and i'm like what <laughs> are you watching like what in the fuck she's like well you know i don't want to watch any of the good shows without you and i'm watching it's like come on now you know you liking this shit like this is <laughs> so yeah it's like every time i go upstairs some stupid fucking show on i'm telling you uh, uh, this is for Jeff specifically. Loose Caboose asks, "What still excites you in the video game world? It seems like you've lost so much interest in various games and franchises lately. So, what still gets your rocks off in the video game world?" Um, what excites Mister Maximus Black? Excites? Well, just well, yeah. He says, "What still excites you in the video game world?" 
Um, the the only thing that excites me is 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 my relationship in the business itself. Mm. Um, I I look at video game as as a a video video game world now as as a business. Um. I, I I don't I don't look at it as a place of fun anymore. Mm. Uh, I have fun playing games. Mm. I do. Um, I've had more fun now playing role play over the last year and a half uh, than what I've had in the last since the heyday of of StarCraft yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, although I had a really good time with RuneScape as well. Um, I just I don't. In all honesty, like I know I do a gaming podcast with Adam and I'm more I'm more here for this to hang yeah, yeah. out, to do the podcast, to just breathe, chill, um, shoot the shit with my boy, and that's it. When it comes to news about gaming, there is it's very rare. I would say like once every five episodes, six episodes, where there's some news that genuinely I get excited about star that, citizen. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> stuff is like just fluff and things that just don't mean much to me. Yeah. Um, I'll talk about it and discuss it or listen to Adam rant about whatever. It's totally <laughs> fine. Um, but it's because I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not in love with video games. Like I used to be. Um, I'm 34 years old. I know I've got a son, a family. Video games is not what it used to be for me. Um, you know, it is a business to me. It is the way I put food on my table and pay my mortgage. Um, and I don't mean that in a cynical way where, you know, I don't enjoy it because I absolutely do. I wouldn't do it if I didn't. But my perception and my my experience with video games is vastly different than what it was 10 years ago or 20 years ago. 10 years ago, when I first started doing this stuff with Adam, it's over 10 years now, but say a decade ago, even in the beginning, um, I still, it was still an escape for me. It wasn't my, it wasn't my job. It was like, I work at Swiss Chalet or whatever, and I come home and I run to video games because it's what made me escape from the shit, uh, from the everyday life. It was what I did on my free time. Um, you know, the, it was just different over the last, you know, at least the last eight and a half years, nine years, it has become work. I mean, even in the beginning when it was work, it still felt like I was completely in love and it was the honeymoon phase. And it was like, I can't believe I'm doing this for a living. This is, I still can't believe I do it for a living. Honestly, I still can't believe it, but <laughs> I'm kind of over that now that the shock factor, it's like, it's my life. It's my body of work. This is it. You know, I've been doing this for a decade since I can remember. My my only real job, a couple of jobs I've had in my life was working at Swiss Chalet and working at a dollar store in a movie theater. Everything else has been on video <laughs> games, right? So like, you know, and if I do this for another five years, it'll literally be my life's work in terms of like, and when I look back at a 50, 60-year-old Jeff and my son's a teenager, I'm going to look back and go, I, everything I have, I built on video games. So, you know, it's my relationship with games is very different. I can say this is very different than most people that are watching this because even a lot of people that are watching this, this is your escape. What we do, we're 
part of that thing that I used to have with video games a decade ago. Now it's different. Um, there's enjoyment, but in terms of getting excited, the things that get me excited is when there's a game that I think that can further my career and that I would genuinely enjoy. So the only things that would get me excited would be the new RTS that's coming out. The the maybe it's another competitive MOBA that that we find out is is around the corner or a year out. And because I don't get excited because I get man, I can't wait to to just play that game on my free time and fucking shoot the shit. No, it's like okay, maybe this is another chance for another boom for me. You know, maybe this is a game that I can latch on to, be good, bring my personality to it and crush that in terms of a business sense um, to have more longevity so I can keep doing this, provide for my family. That's how, that's what gets me excited. It's not the games. There are the odd games that I go, okay, yeah, that, this going to be a good time. But I don't play games by myself. So I, I don't, it's hard for me to get excited about anything. I get excited from the viewers getting excited about me playing a game. That's like, that's my excitement about a video. Then I get excited because they're excited that I'm going to play, potentially play this video game. That's what gets me excited. And it's chances are, I don't could care less if the game existed or didn't, but if it gets views and people are enjoying it and it turns out to actually like it, then I'm excited. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, this is amazing. It's the yes. holy, that's the holy trinity. Oh, you know, right? like, your, your stream wants to see it. You end up liking it. And then everyone actually shows up to watch it, and it's like the holy streamer trinity of of, of fuck, which almost never happens, by the way. Yeah, no, um, it's very, very, it's very, very real. Very I will rare. say this. And I'll end it at this. My 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 hope is that I can re fall in love with video games through my son. So yeah. when my son gets a little bit older, and I can go through my retro collection and show him the games that I loved growing up, and if he enjoys that, the bonding there between us and him putting a smile on his face and him playing it, that's what's going to get me excited about gaming again and reliving that through him and showing him that. It's no different. I, I can imagine if I was like, if I was in the movie business, you know, I probably wouldn't love movies the way I love movies now because when I watch a show or a movie, I do it to escape and it's, I enjoy, I enjoy it. It's no different than this. I'm sure I would still love movies, just like how I still love video games, but the relationship gets very different when it becomes your career. Not yeah, even yeah. Job. It's your life's work. It's diff it's diff it's like going into the I go into the office. My off this is my office, all right? I walk in and this is the show. It is. And we I mean we talked about that a bunch in the past where games are just not the same thing. And I and and it's it's I actually run into this problem when I'm reviewing games, and it's why sometimes you'll see me give a game a higher score despite the fact that if you were watching me review it live or play it live i'm fucking screaming my head off and i'm fucking or i'm like nitpicking the fuck out of it and shit like that it's because our as a streamer your relationship with games is wildly different than somebody who goes out buys a game comes home plays it after a day's work you're yeah. you're sitting down and you're playing it like you might have as a gamer had marathon sessions with games that you've really liked over the years, but envision doing that for 10 years straight, like five to seven days a week with barely any breaks. Eventually games just, even if you like the games, a lot of your enjoyment is tied to similar to what Jeff was saying, whether your viewership cares about that game. I mean, there are lots of games that I like that I just don't play on stream 
because I already get almost no fucking viewers these days. If I switched those games, it'd be fucking three people and a dog showing up to watch the fucking game. Yeah. So you, you have to like, yeah, it's that constant, it's that trinity I was talking about. And normally on that triangle, you know, if you're trying to like hit all all of them, you know, like some fucking Illuminati shit, you know, it never happens. Like it's you so rare. You don't necessarily, as a streamer, you don't necessarily get to play the games you like and love. Mm. You have to play the games that they like and love. And you just have to hope and pray that you fall in love or it's tolerable yeah. that you can, you can continue to play. And there becomes a bit of a resentment towards um, video games in general yeah. because you don't actually just get like, and people will say this like, well, just don't stream. Like just go play, go play video game. Like just go. I've, I've just don't go to work. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, <laughs> it's, 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 that's really, really tough because like if I take a day off streaming, that's fine. It's rare. But when I do take one off, that's the last thing I want to do is yeah. play more games. Even if there is a game that I want to play, I just want to like get away from this, the computer, the controller, the mouse, the keyboard. I want to remove myself from it. It's one, maybe, maybe just maybe when the career is over and the, the dust is settled and I'm not doing this like 70 hours a week, maybe I will fall in love with games and get excited about them again and yeah. play them as an escape again from everyday stuff but until yeah. then no that yeah, ain't, it's, that, no. I, it's it's and i know because i sound i sound like a, a bit of a debbie downer uh when there's a, a, a news and i should probably do a better job at faking it and i know i can but it, you know, <laughs> fair enough um like at this point like you guys want me right you want me to be truthful um you know it's probably weird for me for 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 you to hear me go, yeah. Um, the 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 Last of Us three, I just don't give a fuck about right. And and then people out there are like, man, what? You don't care? This is going to be amazing. Do you see? Do you see the, who they got on board and 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 what happened last time? And and I'm just making a, a, a an example here, but people people to hear me go like, I don't give a fuck. Um, I know it's a bit jarring and it may sound like I actually hate video games. I don't, I just don't, I'm not in love with them anymore. It's like that. It's like a relationship where it's like you, you, you're in a, you're in an old relationship and, and like you love the person, but it, it's, it's not the same. It's not the same. Um, it's the best way I could put it. It's just like being in love and falling out of love. Yeah. And now you're, now you're just like, you're there and it's a thing and you, it has its moments, but ultimately it the passion is gone. And yeah. You I gotta, gotta, I gotta find ways to rekindle my love, I guess, like once in a while, you know, uh, maybe I need video game therapy. Well, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, you're, I think it will end up having to be Kai because your, your application for anything in life is your immediate thought process is how can I turn this into making money? So like that's, and you've been that way since you were fucking 13 years old. So like everything is, is turned into money. And when you do yeah, even that more so with video games, yeah. But yeah and and mean, when you, just, and when, as soon as you do that, as soon as that's your mindset, enjoying anything is yeah. almost impossible. I mean, think about this guys. Look at my retro collection back there. Yeah. I, I enjoyed collecting that, but I also enjoyed it because it made money yes. and it was a hustle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that, like that's honestly. And you know, the thing is, is I could have, 
I could go and buy 15 Super Nintendo games and get a 30, 30% discount. And I would go do that. I could stream and that might take me two, three hours to do. I mean, I could stream and make more money than that, but I allowed myself mentally to go and do those things and have fun with that because it was, it, it turned a profit. It made sense for me, like time. I don't know, man, time, my time is so valuable that like, it's hard for me to, 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 to do some, a passion project like that, uh, to, for the, just the sake of doing it. Um, not only that, it'd be super expensive, just go out and buy games and just not flip them. But you know, that's, that was the thing that kept me going. And that's how I feel about streaming in terms of playing new games. It's like, are people going to watch? Trust me, dude, if I had the same viewership and support, uh, playing League of Legends or Starcraft or, uh, uh, uh Valorant or whatever, I would play it. I wouldn't play role play as much because I, because I wouldn't have the shackles on. <laughs> you know, if you could, if you could play, if you could play any game that you want and it, and it, and it wait, it gets you the same viewership as your best game. Yeah. You would play a lot of different games sure. because. Oh, absolutely. It makes sense. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's unfortunately, that's just what it's like to be a streamer. Because uh, semi-related so- somewhat to that. And the last question of the day goes to Will Hawkins here who says, uh, or asks, do you have nostalgia for any time in your life? I think everyone has nostalgia oh, for God, something yeah, in your life. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, all sorts of shit. Like we just talked about, like the the Persona Four run for me, two thousand and eight. Like Giant Bomb starts up not long before that with as a website. Um, you know, I was super deep into game review and journalism back then. So watching Game uh, Gamespot fucking crumble. Uh, and then loser editor in chief with Jeff Gersman, and then he goes and starts up, and and people are hemorrhaging, and they create that, and they're just dudes. It, it was like so indicative of of like what Jeff and I did too later on, where it was like a a bunch of dudes in a fucking basement they rented out in like Santa Monica somewhere or some shit, and literally a basement, and it just and they and they and they they immediately made the best game content to have ever fucking existed until like deep into the game, like 20 fucking 13 or some shit when, when YouTube just started picking up and more variety was happening. But I mean, uh, it was amazing. And so to experience all that and then to watch them play, uh, persona Four, the endurance run, which is still my favorite piece of, of, of video game related internet content. And then immediately enjoy that so much to go buy a PS2 slim and persona four just to play it. And even though I just watched two other dudes play through the whole thing over the course of like eight months, uh, and then love the game still and put like 120 hours into the, into one file for this one playthrough and got like the perfect ending and all that shit. And it was so good. And then I put that PS2 away for some, I haven't played it since because it's so perfect that it was such a perfect fucking encapsulated moment. I don't want to ruin it. People are like, why don't you go back and play Persona 4 on stream sometime? Like, No. That was like the last game that I loved before streaming started up that I got to enjoy as a game and it yeah. hit so fucking hard. I don't want to mess with that. Don't ruin it. Yeah, don't ruin it. Fuck that, man. I don't want I want to keep that little picture in my fucking brain for that little like pocket of time in my life. Everything is just fucking 10 out of 10 and just that's it. It was beautiful. So, uh yeah, like it, everyone's got some sort of nostalgic moment. That's definitely one of the more recent ones for for me. I don't think you can go much earlier than that, otherwise it's not really nostalgia if it only happened 
fucking five years ago. But, 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 but yeah, I mean, uh, lots of stuff. What about you? What's a, what's a random nostalgic moment for you? Like video game wise? Any, it isn't anything in general, I guess. You can try and keep uh, game related if you want to. I would say, I would say, um, I mean, game, gaming wise, um, honestly, and, and it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna come full circle about just not being in love with video games the, the way I used to be. Mm. Is um, I remember being when I was working at uh, at at Swiss Chalet or or um, movie theater, mm. and new Call of Duties would come out, and you know, I would I would have a few days booked off and 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 i'd be at a midnight release and picking it up and it's not because the games were anything to write home about it was the excitement of that and how my coworkers we would all rush home we'd be on xbox live and we would be trying to grind to get the first prestige and it was nothing but an amazing video game escape just raging at people fucking just shooting the shit staying up till fucking five six o'clock in the morning crashing ordering pizza like that the that that is that thing that i just haven't been able to to experience through video games in a long time that Mm. i missed um you know or or you know back in the day having all the burnt games and just you know going going to uh blockbuster or rogers video or whatever and picking out games and burning them and and playing playing them um, and just going through the pages and just putting a game in without any judgment, without any reviewer eyes or or any pre yeah, just see it and play it. Just see it and play it. There, there's none of this like looking it up on YouTube and going to Metacritic and and having your own opinions about a game or whatever. Just no expectations. Just nothing but excitement. Yeah. You know, I used to look at a game as as it was going to be an amazing experience no matter what. I didn't look at it as, how is this going to disappoint me? Yeah, how, yeah. how is this going to be a letdown? This won't be as good as... There, there was a time where it was... I didn't think of it, I didn't think of it in... Uh, I only thought of it as a positive experience because I hadn't had really any negative experience. My only negative experience with video games would be like getting in fights with friends, you know, playing Super Smash Bros and like legitimately <laughs> getting mad at somebody or something, right? Or 007 yeah. uh, and raging a bit. Um, I think some of that too is because when you're younger and you don't, you just, your spare time is your spare time, right? And you're not calculating your spare time. As an adult, every, you know, you, it, it has become a thing where you end up having to sit down and, and say, all right, I've got this much time yeah. that I can dedicate to fucking off somewhere and doing something. And it's usually not a lot of time. And so that time becomes even more valuable to you. And so you immediately assess everything in a value proposition of how am I going to enjoy this? Because I need to enjoy it. If I'm going to do this, I, <laughs> I, need, I need a promise here pretty much that I'm going to enjoy it. And then, and then on top of that, as an adult, you're actually thinking about the money. You know, it's, this is a $90 video game. That's true. Uh, I need it to be really good so I can enjoy it. But also, I'm spending $90 on this game. And that's so, um, you know, I think that's the difference. When you're a kid... You know, especially if you could rent a game, you know, it was like five bucks or some shit. You know, yeah. it wasn't really the end of the world. And you'd, and you'd have a few days to play it. And you, and in the summer months or whatever it was, and you had breaks or whatnot, and, or you had the weekend to yourself, 
You don't have responsibilities. You're a fucking kid. You know, worse, you got your homework, got a couple chores around the house. That's and it. that's the show. Life's so, easy. So you don't you don't fucking care. It's just everything everything can be. You can play shit games all the time. and You just don't fucking care because it's uh, you're not you're not looking at it in such a critical eye. Because if you if you did feel like you waste your time a bit, it's not the end of the world. You got lots more fucking time on your hands. Um, so yeah, I think that's probably a, a a good chunk of it for sure. But yeah, I agree. I mean, there's definitely been there was definitely a time where you could look at games and just be like, fuck it, this is just pick it up. It's like Let's when you pick went, it up and go. It's right? just, you go blockbuster or whatever the fuck, or and you're looking at uh, a Rogers video and you're looking at Back fucking of the case, shit. You're like, oh, okay, you know what? Eh. Fuck it. Let's let's try it out. We haven't tried it yet. Fuck it. Let's find out. And yeah, it was a uh, it was a, a crazy time. Um, so that's there you go. There's your nostalgic events. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for this week. Uh, it's another Taking All podcast in the bag. Thank you guys so much for stopping by and watching the show. Hopefully, you enjoyed yourselves. We'll be back next week uh, for more with some more news and everything else in between. Uh, and until we see you guys next week, stay safe out there. For the love of God, wear a mask. Uh, we're almost there. We're rounding the corner. Just keep wearing the damn thing. For God's sake. We're almost there. And until then, peace! Peace.